episode six of Will You Be My Friend? I am Kylie Gail Garcia, and this is my very best friend in the world. Tell the people who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. I am Jasmine. And we have created this podcast to review, and just like that, the new chapter of Sex and the City that has come out on HBO Max. It's been coming out every Thursday. We're finally kind of caught up. We're talking about the latest episode, episode six, entitled Diwali. But before we get into that, what are you drinking today? Today, I have a matcha latte from Daily Harvest. I wish that was a sponsor. (laughs) Um, It is delightful. (laughs) Hear us. I'm currently sponsored by celery juice because it's one of those days. So I feel like there's going to be multiple times where I'm like, my drink is celery juice (laughs) because I didn't really have time to have anything else. And this is what's in the fridge. So I'm having my celery juice, which I have pretty much every morning. But we are um, both green today. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And we have pretty straws. Is yours blue? It is blue glass it's really pretty i have a dark blue one too mine's so long <laughs> it matches my green i was like i put it in there and i was like well okay this is happening <laughs> like i'm drinking my drink from over here and you don't even see it in camera anyways what's going on with you how are you feeling today I'm a little low energy today, a little sleepy, but that's what the people get from me today. Other than that, doing pretty well. I've got a placenta on the dehydrator, so hopefully none of that noise is happening in the background. Yeah. Perfect. It's loud here, but with my headphones on, I feel like I can keep the noise kind of wonderful, kind of down. So, yeah. So, I mean, for the people that don't understand what you're doing, do you want to tell them? I guess I should explain. Like I, I guess I should explain. On the dehydrator you know, so funny. Actually, the other day I was doing a placenta print and my daughter goes, I wonder if any other moms make art out of people's organs. <laughs> I was like, you know, probably not. Yeah. So I'm a doula and sometimes some of what I do is either um, encapsulate placentas for my clients who have just given birth or for people who just want their placenta encapsulated and I had nothing to do with their birth. So this time, this was a birth that I was not at, but I picked up a placenta and brought it home for them. And I just make beautiful art with it. And I dehydrate it, put it into capsules for them to consume after their birth for them to recover. And, um, you know, I just think it's a really empowering, like really cool experience, something to do for yourself after having a baby. So Yeah. I think it's so cool when you first, I feel like this could be a whole nother podcast, but when you first told (laughs) me about it, I was kind of like, Oh, what is that? And and you told me like that we actually create a placenta out of nothing. Like an organ comes out of nowhere. And I was just like, amazing. it's really cool. And it makes so much sense now that I've known you and your work for so long. When I hear it, I'm like, Oh, of course. Like, you know, if I ever was to have a child, why wouldn't I want to like do this kind of ancient thing and really honor my body. And like, even being a vegan, you know, organs and (laughs) and meat kind of grossed me out. But like the fact that it's coming from me and I don't know, it just, it makes a lot of sense to me that you would, and it's a pill, like just take the pill. 
you don't yeah. have to like, you know, do anything else with it if, if you want to, sure. But, you know, I just feel like it makes more sense than like taking some random experiment, you know, <laughs> to try yeah. to remember. Definitely. I take a lot of the ick out of it for people. So I deal with the blood and the weird, which I love. I have a weird, you know, sometimes things are just for you and placentas are just for me. <laughs> I love that you know that and that you're just comfortable with it. And it's like, this is me, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. <laughs> it's wonderful. They, they fascinate me. The very first time I ever saw one, I was so fascinated and I just became obsessed. So love to do it, love to do it for people. And yeah, and then it's just a pill and people take it and have really amazing results. People have more energy. They feel so much better. They feel like their mood is more stabilized. And it's just so many of the things we struggle with postpartum can be alleviated by a simple little pill. So Mm, wonderful. If you're interested in having your (laughs) encapsulated and you're in the Eugene, Oregon area, sorry, I've totally just told everybody where you are. (laughs) I mean, I can cut that out. Do you, <laughs> if you're in That's Oregon fine. somewhere, I was trying to be supportive. And then I realized I totally like put you on blast. I was like, if you're on this street in Oregon, <laughs> go, go knock on Jasmine's door. Anyway, you can Google tell maps, drop a pin. <laughs> I guess Eugene's probably a large area. You're probably not going to have like a stalker at your door, but a weird placenta stalker. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> where the placentas are uh, <laughs> anyway yeah I kind of told you before we got on but my week has been interesting a little bit stressful I'm not gonna give too much away of what exactly is going on over here potentially big changes in life coming up in the next year or so and we're just kind of like working through so essentially I realized that I had been kind of ignoring the part of myself that just loves living in New York. And so I've been discussing that with my husband and how we can like include New York more in our lives and the possibility of maybe eventually moving back there. And so it's been a lot of like kind of surprising conversations going on over here and not all bad, but it it can be stressful when, you know, you're coming from different perspectives and you're trying to understand each other and we are very different people. So (laughs) it's just been a lot to kind of go through that. And just sometimes even when a conversation is good and deep, it's also exhausting, you know? So we've had a few of those. We've had a few where we're just not seeing eye to eye and we're just kind of working through it and figuring out how that looks for us and, you know, in our relationship. So that's kind of the main thing that's been going on over here. And Just I don't that. think anybody who knows me is like, oh, it's a huge secret that Kylie loves New York. Like, so we'll see, we'll see kind of what happens. And we did have a lot of fun though. We watched the episode together on Friday, uh, my husband and I, and he's been wanting to like honor that part of me more. And he's been very cognizant. He's kind of a teaser. So he's been very cognizant about like not teasing about the show or like he kind of has this sense of humor where he thinks it's funny to make fun of things or put things down that other people like sometimes. And he was like, you know, I didn't realize how important it is to you until this new thing came out. And I feel like I want to like be there with you so that you can kind of enjoy it and support you and, and just kind of like be a part of it with you. 
So he's like, he actually bought me these Chinese food takeout containers as like one of my Christmas gifts. And he's like, this is for sex in the city night. So you can make like Chinese food and eat it with your chopsticks while you're watching sex in the city. Like they do in the show. I I love that. So he's very thoughtful in that way. I did get him to watch a few of the like first season episodes before this came out. And I think that's where he got that because a lot in the first season, they're eating out of Chinese food containers, like hanging out together. (laughs) He's like, oh, this is obviously sex in the city. (laughs) And then he did convince me I need to get back on making my cute little mocktails because he told me that he had watched one of our videos and he said that I need a clear martini glass so that you can see the color of my drink. And... (laughs) So he's like, I'm going to go to the 99 cent store and buy you like a martini glass for when you do your, you know, and of course I've just never had time to actually make a real mocktail in the last few episodes, but so he's being very sweet with stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, so this episode, what did we feel about episode six? I'll read the synopsis. It's called Diwali. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Carrie's giant leap for her future self helps her embrace the past while Miranda makes a confession to a shocked Charlotte. Yeah. (laughs) Feelings. You know, this episode overall, my husband watched it with me also. Well, he was making dinner and I was watching it and he was kind of in and out. And initially, I'll just kind of briefly like overall when it was over I was sort of like bummed I thought oh I kind of was expecting more of you know what happened with Miranda and I I I don't know I just kind of felt like a little bummed out by the episode overall and then one of my big bummers was the episode was called Diwali and I love that holiday so I was expecting like color and this big party I was like excited for this big party that we were going to get and all the beautiful clothing and like we didn't get it in the episode so I was really bummed but then Will my husband like when I brought that up I was like I'm just so bummed we didn't get like this big beautiful Indian party and Will was like well wasn't that the point of the episode Carrie was having like Carrie went through her whole like coming to the light kind of thing and I was like oh (laughs) like he kind of like metaphor yeah and I was then it said it kind of made more sense because I was like why would they name the whole episode Diwali and then have it be such a small part of the episode so that was my big thing about it but then after he said that and I like rethought about it I was like oh yeah you're right you're right like it in that context it made sense and maybe in that way it was like a good kind of standalone episode um it just took me a minute to come to it it wasn't like my favorite (laughs) (laughs) yeah I get that I kind of see that I'm not super familiar with the holiday of Diwali but from what they were explaining about what Diwali is kind of representing and what it's a celebration of like that whole scene with her and um Seema at the sari shop I was like, oh, this sounds so beautiful and kind of similar. I was like, oh, like we're going to see, like, I almost imagined like that wedding on Eat, Pray, Love that she goes to when she's in India, like just the color and like, kind of like what you're saying. And yeah. And the whole Diwali, like actual Diwali celebration part was like literally like three minutes. I feel like (laughs) 
it was, like, it was so, just so quick. I think also I did feel a little bit kind of echoing what you said. I was really expecting to have something go off with Miranda and Steve like immediately. Yeah. And Steve was literally not in the episode. Yeah. And all, all we really get is kind of like Miranda telling Charlotte and so I guess yeah. I can kind of like jump into what actually did happen. We start with Carrie at this new apartment and with Anthony and with Seema. And it's very bright and sun-filled, modern downtown apartment. It looks like it's really close to Battery Park downtown, um, which is a really nice area. And he calls it New York Autumn Light by Halston, which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) Um, And yeah, but it's, you can kind of tell she's just not feeling it. Yeah. Um, and then we go right into lunch where there's this discussion about past and future with her and the girls and them kind of saying, well, this isn't right for you, this and that. And she's like, well, I wish I would have had this conversation before I signed the lease. Cause I feel like I, yeah. I'm feeling pushed to like make a change or something. Well, I think that overall was kind of what led me into initially not being that much into this episode because I just couldn't really understand. First of all, yeah, she seemed really clearly unhappy with the apartment. And then she admits that she buys the apartment, even though she doesn't like it. And then she looks so blissed out and happy and comfortable in her own apartment with that beautiful blanket and with a book. And she looks so cozy and she's like, yells out to the apartment that this isn't healthy or this isn't working or something. And I just, I don't know. I'm sitting there like, just thinking, what? Like, what do you, that looks the most healthy. That that looks so calm and settled and happy. And I just don't understand. I just was like, is this like a character thing? Like Carrie like has to be functioning at like a high level of anxiety or like, what's going on here it was very strange for me I thought it was a kind of a strange plot line like I similar to you know Miranda and Charlotte it's like if you don't love the apartment don't buy it <laughs> it, made, it made zero sense to me it was strange I was trying to make sense of it because and I and the only thing I can really think is like she's feeling some sort of other pressure like that okay like this huge change happened in my life and big's gone. And now I have to, I can't live in the past. Like, it's kind of like all that outside chatter, like don't live in the past and, you know, you have to move on. So she's maybe outwardly trying to like move on. Um, yeah. but I felt the same exact way about that scene right after lunch. That's the scene where she's like in the cozies and she has like yeah. this beautiful, like rainbow Afghan and she has this cute, like fuzzy sweater. I think it's a smile all over it or something. It's really cute. And she just looks so content and happy and at home in her house. And then that line, I was just like, wait, why isn't that healthy? Right. So, isn't that what we all want? You're not <laughs> changing? Like, or is she thinking that means she's not changing because she's comfortable and maybe she feels know. pressure to change or grow? I, it was a little bit confusing for me that part so the only thing I could kind of reconcile is that it was an internal pressure she was feeling and they're trying to kind of show that as part of her process of maybe even grieving 
Yeah. But I did, I felt kind of bad for her because <laughs> I was like, oh, like she just doesn't seem like this is even what she wants, you know? So maybe it's yeah. that lostness too. Could be just kind of like searching for something new, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, I just did not understand that. I was like, you have, you have everything. You, you're good. <laughs> like, yeah. You look pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'd be, I'd be happy at that apartment in that situation. <laughs> so then we go from cozy, we go to Lily and Rock's room and we've got Charlotte having a discussion with Lily and Rock about the dolls. And then Rock says that they want to cover or change the mural of their old name that's on the wall. And there's a little bit of kind of like frustration and resistance from Charlotte. Yeah. I kind of thought this scene was sort of funny and relatable because it's like, obviously the kids are old enough to make decisions about the decoration of their room. Or so I thought that's my type of parenting. So I was like, clearly they're getting older, but that, that age kind of sneaks up on you. So there's a little bit of like being able to relate with like, oh, suddenly they have their own sense of style. They have their own ideas about the world and they're ready to branch out. And it felt like you could tell Charlotte felt like she was kind of getting like ganged up on. She's just like, oh no, like my dolls are culturally appropriating and my children are all changing around me. And she's just like, ah. and she's like, thank God for you to the adorable dog on the bed. And I, I thought that was pretty funny that she felt like the dog was her only ally in the moment, but I was just, <laughs> <Aren't they always? laughs> it was very cute. And it was very just like, um, yes, our pets are always there for us when the kids are coming in at all angles, but you know, it was, it was just kind of cute and kind of funny. And, and I thought like, definitely, yeah, I mean, kids are definitely going to want to change things around that age in their room anyway. So it probably should have occurred to her at some point that that mural was going to get painted over <laughs> eventually yeah it's kind of like you I don't know maybe I'm like making a stretch but in my mind I'm thinking about like like what's going on in the world we haven't really talked a lot about it but you know if you're watching this like later in the future or something we are in the middle still in the middle of like I mean I don't know. I don't know if we're in the middle of the end, the beginning, <laughs> but we're in 2022, the beginning of 2022. And it's basically almost two years since everything has gone on with COVID. And I keep thinking kind of like, I am finding this nostalgia feeling towards like pre-COVID times. <laughs> where I'm just like oh like I miss when it's just you didn't think about like if you had to wear a mask or if you needed to be vaccinated or like I miss just like the freedom that we had that we didn't even maybe realize we had and so I'm kind of thinking about Charlotte and I'm, I mean a little bit of a weird stretch but like it seems like she really had this idea having two biological girls and I think you know having the room be pink and flowery and like custom, you know, painting. And I remember in the seasons her, when she thought that her and Trey were going to have a baby, she like fully got ahead of herself and like did the nursery before she was even pregnant and stuff. And I think she tends to be kind of have this idea of how things should be in her head. And maybe this change that the kids are asking for is feeling like, oh, but 
now I have to let go of that kind of past thing. And I feel like I'm struggling with that. Like even in thinking about coming to New York, New York is very like vaccine and mass and like very regulated right now, probably because there's so many people concentrated on one island in a pandemic. Like maybe it's a concern, you know, to have 9 million people crammed into this small space. You probably have to be strict. And, and so it's something that I'm like, oh, I can't just think about going back to New York, the New York that I knew from 2015, 2016, 2017, right? It's a totally different New York. And there's a, there's an element where we just have to have like radical acceptance of something. And, but I think there's also a moment where you're just resisting it and you're like, but I want it to be this way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Does that make sense? Does that even like line up with what's be happening in the episode? I just, or am I just totally like, that's so preoccupied in my mind right now. <laughs> I think it does. I think that's kind of though the thing that happens to parents that they kind of forget that they gave birth to or adopted or have in their life these little beings that are their own little beings and they don't actually own them and get to decide what they're going to grow up to be. So sometimes we get a little entangled and enmeshed with what we thought this was going to turn out like we thought that we were going to fill their little heads with things. And like, we were going to guide them in the right direction without realizing that they actually had their own divine plan and their own unique instilled likes and dislikes and things that they were just simply going to do anyway, because that's who they are and who they were meant to be. So we kind of have to have that moment of reckoning, whether early on when they're little or when they're older, or at some point, it's going to blow up in our faces that like they, they are who they are. <laughs> and uh, I think Charlotte's kind of continuing to just come into those moments. Just like you said, like she had this idea of what she thought it was going to be to have kids and to be a mother and um, really had her identity wrapped up in motherhood. But, you know, our children aren't born with their identity wrapped up in us being parents. They don't care about all that stuff. They're just born and they're, they're here to live their lives. So yeah, I think that that's kind of, you know, what Charlotte's going through is probably really relatable to a lot of, a lot of parents yeah. and a lot of people. Yeah. Just like you're saying, just with different situations of, I wish that it had been this way or yeah. yeah. Well, I wish it could stay like, this way forever. On a, on a micro level with these relationships and then this macro level that I'm thinking about with the world. It's like, no matter how much I wish the world wasn't going through this thing, it we're in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's something that must be considered. You can't live your life without like trying to navigate it around it one way or another, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I guess, an exercise in releasing that need or that desire for control about you know, whether it's the entire world and what the world is going through or your child. So yeah, so yeah. We did, you know, we parked that car, we, we circled it around and we parked that car. <laughs> I feel like we made it. We, it, it looped. Yeah. And there's, there's me talking about my life in the context of this in a really well, good I, way. In the end, what we've learned is that thank God for dogs. Thank God for dogs. <laughs> that's you know that's what we learned it's true it's all true it's <laughs> the big lesson from this scene it's true <laughs> <laughs> okay this part 
I feel like I have to just say it. <laughs> so from going to Charlotte and the kids, then we go to this weird ass shot of Che with this white background. Oh, she's <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me you like it or whatever it is, but she's literally like right there. <laughs> I swear to you, my first thought was, oh, they did a, they did a um, perfume commercial. <laughs> And then it ends up being Miranda's fantasy. And I'm like, why did we, I mean, it was funny. Maybe it's for comedy that they did it this way, but like, why did we film this whole fantasy with this white background, like, like a perfume ad? I guess every time they showed it, I was like, there's the ad. Like it, it was for, for them. <laughs> I had such a, I just really found it super hard to believe that apparently all this time has gone by and they had this like encounter that was so steamy and so like sudden. And I was like, and now they have not spoken at all and like had no interaction. I figured that they would just start like a full blown affair after that. Like that's kind of what I thought was going to happen, but no, just really weird yeah perfume ad fantasies <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting I, I was surprised I was like oh okay and like yeah yeah I was, I was a little surprised I was surprised I guess that does make sense because isn't the last scene of last episode it was like Carrie getting back into her heels and didn't she say three months later three months so this happened and it's been at least three months. At least. I didn't even think about how long it has been. I forgot That's what, about that. So when the last episode ended and she said that it had been three months, I went into this episode expecting a lot of stuff around that kind of story. Yeah. That's why I was so surprised and disappointed that we didn't get it. I was like looking forward to the character development and the different ways that this was going to play out in everybody's lives. And it apparently did nothing except give, make Miranda really horny <laughs> for her so vibrator. This is like her, the way she's handled it is basically like, this is her shameful secret because she yeah, obviously guess. hasn't told Steve. She hadn't even told Charlotte for three months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it just, I thought it was so weird. And I just thought, even if it was going to be like a secret, I definitely thought we were going to get like some, like, I don't know, just some flashbacks to them, like having sex everywhere or meeting up at different places. I just thought it was so strange. I'm like, oh, okay. So literally nobody called nope. Like, are we not adults? They got, they ghosted each other. Like what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. And she kept, they kept bumping into each other prior to this. So I just thought it was strange. I was like, wait a minute. So they're seeing each other everywhere. They keep bumping into each other, bumping into each other. And now just nothing or except they, this weird fantasy. Even like a weird montage of like Miranda avoiding Che or something. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's something. Yeah. That is strange. 
what has been going on for three months? That's what, <laughs> I, I, like, that's what I, I, like I didn't even think of that. I just was disappointed because I was like, well, obviously I think at the last episode, I was like, we're in for it now. Like we're going to see what's happening yeah. with Miranda. Like that was kind of our big prediction. And now we're like, yeah. Nothing. Well, and in the Literally last episode, she was like, Miranda, except she's, she's pouring alcohol down the drain. I mean, I, it felt like yeah. something's gonna, like, it felt like all this stuff that we were leading up to was finally like coming to a head and having a moment. And then in this episode, it just was like nothing. <laughs> yeah. So much mustard and rust colored clothes though. I think they're oh, really yeah. trying to like teach us and not skipping ahead to outfits but they're really trying to like hammer home that we're in fall now (laughs) (laughs) it's just like oh anyways we'll get to that with outfits but yeah that oh my gosh so you know whatever that was I laughed I laughed at that part and then Miranda's having coffee with Naya and there's a whole discussion about this woman Myrtle 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 who's actually named Myrtle oh which easy sex in the city moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that at this this particular point in the episode I was a little like less interested in what was going on with Naya mostly just because I felt like we left so many things I was kind of like thinking in my head, like I said, this one wasn't really my favorite. I just was kind of like, wait, what's happening with this? What's, I felt like all these stories like weren't finished yet. And then we're still going into like the IVF stuff. She said she wanted a pause from IVF. So I assumed that that second round didn't take. Um, so yeah, it just was kind of interesting. Like it just kind of popped in there. It's like, by the way, remember, you know, and it, again, three months have gone by. So now we know like three months have gone by. It didn't take for Naya. Um, she seemed, you know, pretty okay with it, except for the fact that other people would be commenting on that. So there's definitely social pressures going on with that. And, and I did feel kind of like, I, I am, I do find it relatable when somebody like, like they have their dinner and somebody sits across from you and all they talk about is their kid or all they talk about is kid stuff. And you're just like, I'm just not interested. Like, I don't, I'm not a jerk. I'm just like, not interested. Like I might be interested in you, Please, you know what I mean? Like, like if it's somebody like you or my sister and I'm invested in those kids or something like that, but if it's just like a random acquaintance friend, that's kind of like pops in and out of my life. I'm like, can we talk about something we're both into? Like, You know, but I guess that's different because I'm more clear on like, I don't think that I want kids, whereas Naya is still kind of figuring it out. But from my perspective, maybe I'm like applying some of my stuff to her. I'm like, I don't know that she wants them. You know, it just feels like she's kind of like feeling pressured to do it. And yeah, and that whole comment that that scene ends on of like, well, you guys, a couple like you guys, like you have to have kids. Right. Like, don't be rude. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't tell me what I have to do. Like it just, that was a little bit, but I do agree with you. I feel like the, the kind of Naya storyline with that, like I appreciated that they were acknowledging that this is a thing that happens, but I was also kind of distracted by like, but Miranda though, like what's going right. on with Miranda? Like, where is Steve? Like, we, we have yeah. so many questions. Then we're going to the cultural appreciation scene <laughs> with, <laughs> with Seema 
which I thought was adorable, actually. I loved that, specifically that commentary. And I know you mentioned cancel culture last episode, I think. And I think just having it be from an appropriate voice, having a little bit of a commentary on this of when it is appropriate to wear, you know, the regalia of another culture and how to do that in a way that's appreciative and respectful. And I did, I felt for Carrie, because I've I recently, I asked you about this for Halloween. My husband and I decided to be, you know, our last name is Garcia. He's half Mexican, but I'm the whitest of the white. (laughs) So my name is Kylie Garcia, but I'm, I'm not like ethically or um, ethnically um, Mexican. And my husband is. And we decided to go as Miguel from Coco. My husband, I painted his face like um, the little skeleton. And I was Miguel's guitar, which is an object. (laughs) But everything that I wore was like a little dress that was kind of decorated in the style of the movie and kind of Day of the Dead flowers and my hair and, and things like that. Right before when we had already kind of started putting together our costumes and stuff, I had this moment when I was on Instagram and somebody had posted like, don't dress up like a culture. And I was like, wait a minute, where's the line for this? Like, I didn't even think that this could be inappropriate. And now I'm afraid that I'm going to be offending people. And I asked you about it and you were like, well, that's a character. And you know, you're not going as an entire culture and you're not making fun of it. Like you're just going as like a character and an object (laughs) (laughs) from a movie. So, but I think sometimes it's hard to know the point of me saying that is sometimes it's hard to know when you're not part of the culture, where the appropriate line is so that you're not upsetting people and being disrespectful. And so I kind of felt for Carrie when she was like, isn't that like a, an issue? You know, am I allowed to do that? <laughs> you know, cause it's hard to know right now with all of the way the environment in the world is, I think. Yeah. I did feel like in this particular scene, I just saw it coming from like a mile away. As soon as they step into the sari shop and I'm like, oh, here is our lesson on cultural appropriation. I just like knew it was coming. (laughs) I have felt like throughout this series, there's been, it's almost like they were ticking things off. Like they had bullet points and they were like, how can we talk about, you know, racism? How can we talk about cultural appropriation? Like they have just been giving it to all of the things. let's talk about non-binary let's talk about pronouns and so I yeah I just I felt it coming and then it it really was like they just laid it out very neatly for us they just laid it out so here it is again I think that it it kind of got me excited for more and I was I was really looking forward to kind of truly appreciating this culture and seeing the the color and the different things that are associated with this particular holiday, the sweets and all the amazing things that they eat and stuff. So I was a little bit bummed that there wasn't that, but you know, it was, it was cute. And it was obviously a really beautiful sorry shop. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I loved the way that Seema put it and it was almost like a breath of fresh air for me to be like, Because I think what bothers me about the culture right now, and I guess it's the cancel culture or that type of thing, is it feels sometimes like people want everyone to stay in their box. Like you're a white girl, do white girl things. You know what I mean? That sounds kind of bad, but that's how it feels. It's like only, you know, you, you do the things that are like appropriate for your culture. 
mm-hmm. right? If you can call white girl culture culture, but you know, <laughs> you go get your pumpkin spice latte and you, <laughs> you know, and you go do your um, Pilates, <laughs> whatever, like your spin class or your Pilates, and you know drink your celery juice. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know. I mean, know what white girl culture is necessarily, but I'm sure I'm a part of it in some, <laughs> some way or another. Decorate your house, shop at TJ Maxx. I don't know. These are things I do as a white girl, but you know, jokes aside, I think something I've always loved about just being on earth and being here is like discovering other cultures, whether it's through the food or through adventuring and, or, you know, I love clothes and I, back in the day, you know, in like 2012, when I first got into the fashion industry, I remember we would get these beautiful wrap dresses that were, you know, at DVF that were inspired by Asian culture. And they had kind of more the mock neck and the the little hook ties and, and a really silky, big, thick, and it was almost like kimono inspired but they were a wrap dress and people of all cultures would come in and try them on and look beautiful in them. And now I feel like if I would have chosen that dress and I still had it in my closet, which I don't, but I know some people who chose that dress for their like clothing allowance and and probably still have it. Me walking around wearing that somebody could be offended or somebody could be upset at me. Like, wearing that just as a dress maybe there's some other significance to it that I don't know right and I that kind of makes me sad because my heart wants to just appreciate it and that's me trying to appreciate it it's like I see the beauty in your culture right so if I'm wearing something you know that looks like it's inspired by a different culture it's because I like that about that culture like I think it's beautiful and I'm appreciating it So I just, I think I loved the like term cultural appreciation because I was like, oh, is that, does that make it okay? And and when is it okay? Is it because she's with Seema? Is it not okay if she were to do it on her own and go to a party where she didn't know anybody and she just showed up like, you know? Well, I think there's a really nice kind of neat and tidy way that we can sort of look at this because cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation are real things. We can definitely appreciate a culture. We can have cultural humility and nuance and understanding and curiosity. And I think leading with curiosity is always the best way forward. Whenever we're looking at anything that has to do with race or culture, lead with curiosity and ask questions. There's a lot of things that we've done wrong that we can fix just by getting to understand something a little bit better, starting to ask questions and just kind of checking our facts. And I feel like a really good example of this, I'm thinking of two. One that's coming to mind because I was in the yoga world for so long is the the sacred om symbol. You like you see it everywhere and it's yeah. understanding that it is sacred, it's beautiful, you can, you know, you can appreciate it, you can put it on particular things. There were people, though, who not understanding the culture and the sacredness of it would get that tattoo of the Om symbol like on their foot or on their ankle. This is extremely offensive because in that culture, you just having that sacred symbol so close to your feet, this is this is not okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So 
now you've gone from, and you could say, well, I just, I just appreciate it so much. The problem there is that you didn't appreciate it because you did not take the time to fully understand that culture and fully understand what that symbol means to them and understand what was okay and what was not okay. Yeah. And so there's, and then if you want to talk about fashion or things like that, if you are looking at a culture and you see something that they've done and you think this is really cool, I'm going to take it for my own. I'm going to recreate it in a way and then profit off of it without giving any due credit to the culture where it came from. Now we have a problem. Mm -hmm. So now we have, we've gone from appreciating the culture to now we are appropriating the culture. We are profiting. We're claiming it as our own, even though it's not because we've sort of recreated it. We've tweaked it a little bit, said this is ours when actually it's an ancient practice from somebody else. It's something that came up in the birth world too, fairly recently with rebozos. People use these rebozos and these ancient techniques during labor and birth. And then a lot of white people, (laughs) we'll just say it as it is, a lot of white people took the rebozo and started trying to use it and profit off of it. They were selling rebozos, saying that they understood how to you know, use it as a birth tool when they didn't. And they were not only harming people physically, they were literally repackaging something that is sacred and passed down from grandmother to grandmother to grandmother, you know, all through the lineage. Mm-hmm. Well, now we, we, we've, we've kind of gone past appreciating, right? At this point, yeah. now I'm making money, I'm getting famous, I'm doing workshops, I'm traveling the country, I'm doing all of these things for the rebozo when I'm not, not only am I not Mexican, I just have no right, (laughs) you know? And so there's, there's kind of a, some of these things have a little bit more of a clear line. Some of these things are a little bit more complicated, like holidays, like Halloween, where things can get a little weird. And sometimes people are offended by things that other people are not offended by, you know, sometimes I mean, we could get go in so many different directions, but I know of someone who was very offended by white girls, like white passing girls wearing black hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Whereas another was like, no, I completely disagree. And I have to say, I personally also kind of disagree because my babies are white passing. You know, they have darker skin. They kind of look mixed with something, but you're not exactly sure what. And I want them to love their hair. They have very coarse hair, you know, like one of them is very, very biracial hair. And if they wanted to put box braids in to keep it more kempt, to keep it more under control and like not have to deal with such coarse curls, absolutely. I would want them to do that and to love that part of themselves. So to say that just because their skin is lighter, that they couldn't have box braids. So then you kind of get into this thing where it's like, well, I might offend a couple people on the street doing that. But is that in my heart, I know that we've made a informed decision that, and that we're okay, you know, and that it's all good. So it's just, yeah, it can, it can be complicated. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that about your girls, because I think the problem I have with these very strict kind of categorizations or very strict, you know, this, this culture needs to stay within this and you can't touch that. And, you know, that kind of way of looking at it, the black and white lines is like your kids are both. Exactly. They are not entirely African-American or black or 
whatever the appropriate word is, you know, <laughs> they're not entirely one or the other, you know? Um, and this is me just being as best as I can. I'm trying to learn, you know, too, but I, I don't want to upset my heart is to like learn and to be respectful, but even I'm, I cringe at myself. Cause I'm like, am I sounding like I had this whole discussion with my husband recently about that scene. And uh, he was like, of course, people that are saying things that are offensive are coming from ignorance. And like the only way for them to not be ignorant is to kind of like fall on their face sometimes, you know, like you don't realize that you're being offensive. And a lot of times, you know, there's people that are awful people that are out there trying to be offensive and are racist, but then there's a lot of other people that are just like ignorant and they just don't know the significance. They don't know it's not okay to put OM on their foot. Or, you know, when I was in Thailand years, several years ago, like probably eight years ago, I was in Thailand. And right when we landed in, um, at the airport, there was, they were taking us out on like a taxi or an Uber or something. And there was this billboard, a billboard on the side of the freeway. And it was like, don't sell the image of Buddha and don't go buying, you know, tourists, please don't go and buy an image of Buddha to bring home. Like that's offensive. And I immediately thought of like, again, TJ Maxx, <laughs> white girl culture. I was like, wow, at home, there's all these little like statues to decorate your house of Buddha. And like, I always thought that was kind of cool that we're including different cultures in like your options of how you want to decorate, you know, and that's totally ignorant of how that's going to make somebody who like Buddha is more sacred to, or part of their religion or part of their spirituality or part of their culture. Like that's completely ignorant to be like, oh, this is cute. I'm just going to put it out here. Like, <laughs> you know, and so ever since then, I, I think it's helped me. That was probably my first real introduction to like cultural sensitivity. And, and I think you're right. I think it really boils down to the person's heart in doing something. And it's okay that we make mistakes sometimes, even though we have good hearts and kind of accepting that and just not being like stubborn about it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like if you made a mistake, like be like, oh crap, I made a mistake. Like, how can I fix that? You know, yeah, exactly. I think that's why it's always just like lead with curiosity. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. know that you've done a lot of trainings and things for your job on sensitivity. So I was kind of looking forward to that piece of the conversation today because, because I still feel very behind on learning some of that. I feel like you've kind of taught me a lot of what I've learned <laughs> and I know I'm not perfect. So if I make a mistake, don't blame Jasmine. <laughs> but- but, you know, I just, um, and I am, I am very curious. And one last thing about that is, you know, again, my husband is half Mexican by blood and I'm all the white things. I'm like Finnish and German and French by blood, you know, by my, um, ancestry, I guess. But this year we had a discussion about maybe doing our own like ofrenda for a day of the dead, because we lost my grandpa. He's lost his grandma a few years ago. I've had a grandpa that died before I was born that I've heard so many stories about him. And I feel like there's so many pieces of him in me without me even meeting him in like the flesh in this lifetime. 
And when Halloween came by and we were kind of having the discussion about our costumes and the whole thing, I realized I was like, I really want to do something to honor, like as we're entering kind of like the holiday season, I feel like it starts with Halloween and goes all the way through. I really want to honor like these ancestors, these people in our family that were missing. And, you know, especially his grandma was like, she was always the voice of the witch. <laughs> we have this like giant witch that his mom has let us borrow several times that you could speak through a microphone and like talk to the kids, you know, when they come to get candy. And she was like amazing at doing like the cackling witch laugh and like speaking to them like the witch through the, the microphone. And Halloween was like her favorite holiday. And she had a whole thing with him and his brother when they would come over during that time of year, she would tell stories about Harry and Gary, the two ghosts living in her house. And so to me, I'm like, oh, that would mean a lot to us to create a different way to celebrate and include these ancestors and family members. But even then me thinking of that and proposing that to my husband, part of me is like, am I going, you know, this is going to be happening in the privacy of my home. So on one hand, it's like, who, who cares what anyone else thinks? This is our thing. But on the other hand, I'm like, I don't want to be doing something that's disrespectful to the culture. Like if I'm going to do it, I want to do it the way it's meant to be done and like understand the meanings behind it and not just do it as like a token thing. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think that's beautiful. We always do. We have an altar that we do every year at our house. So, you know, I, do, I think, <sighs> I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I have too many thoughts. Um, I just, I really do think that, I think it does just get down to the heart of something. And, you know, I think that it is, we're in a weird time right now. I think that we're kind of breaking out of the binaries and we are in a kind of a weird time where people are easily triggered by things. And it's like, on one hand, you can't walk around being afraid of triggering everybody else. That's kind of their own shit. But then at the on the other hand, of course, you do want to do good by your fellow human. So it's, it's, it's like both and, you know, I look forward to a world where everything is appreciation. I mean, we're all just sharing in cultures and loving each other. And if something beautiful works for someone over there, then it can work for someone over here. And, you know, just sharing in the beauty of the world without taking ownership over things and making it wrong for someone else. But I think that unfortunately a lot of things throughout history have kind of fucked that up a little bit because we have taken things and literally taken them so we're kind of like paying for those actions a little bit and I think I don't I don't think it'll always be that way I think there will be a time when we can truly just like share in the beauty of the world I think yeah I, I just think that we're kind of paying for what has happened in the past where people took things and just kind of fucked it up (laughs) unfortunately I think you said it I think that that is that's really it you know (laughs) I I don't know if I can add anything to it I think we're looking for balance now yeah we we're doing the overcorrection first so anyway it's it's weird to be like anyway after we have this like deep conversation (laughs) anyway now we go here in sex and city the next thing that happens after this whole discussion is carrie and charlotte at the storage unit Mm, yes um giant storage unit 
Yes. Well, which is funny because I immediately thought of how you were calling her old apartment the storage unit. And I was like, wow, she that's really kind of, a lot of that's stuff. what I was thinking. I was like, she's got a lot of stuff. She had all this stuff <laughs> in her apartment. Now she's got all this stuff in this huge storage unit. I was like, dang. And she did kind of have a shopping addiction. Yeah. <laughs> This is true. She has this moment where she opens the records and I'm reminded of the brilliance that is Sarah Jessica. I feel like the way she plays it is so genuine. She has that sweet voice just naturally. (laughs) And just when she's having her moment, I'm like, oh, like, it's just, it's, it's touching and it's sad. And I felt like I could feel it with her. And it's the only thing I can really relate it to. Well, I guess I can relate it to, to actual grief. I was going to say one of the things I relate it to is like, if you've broken up with somebody that you loved and then you kind of run across something that was theirs or something that reminds you a lot of them and they're not in your life anymore, but even losing my grandpa too, like there's definitely been moments this year where I'm thinking of him or something reminds me of him, especially during the holidays. And I'm like, Oh, like just stabbed in the heart. Yeah. Cause there's really nothing you can do at that point when that person is like physically gone from the world, you know? Yeah. And I guess it was just kind of a real illustration of her grief. Yeah. I think that was kind of the point of the scene and it was, it was heartbreaking. I did wonder why the heck nobody labeled these boxes. Yeah. I was just like, um, I always label my boxes. <laughs> Too. <laughs> so I, I definitely thought like we could have avoided this for her if someone had just gotten a Sharpie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And then she grabs that crazy hat. I mean, all the hats, all the hats that this, this whole show of like, wow, there's just been a variety of hats, mm-hmm. um, tiny hats and large hats, large hats. So I thought that was kind of funny that she grabs that crazy lamp and that that hat yeah I did kind of like the lamp I would rock that lamp very retro very fun very colorful. then we go to Carrie's apartment the new one and yes she's got she's making herself some food she's got her hat on it's (laughs) this like empty slate this apartment and maybe me not liking this part of the episode is the point of this part of the episode. Like, I feel like none of us seeing Carrie in this apartment are like comfortable with it or like it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was part yeah. of why I struggled with the episode is I was just like this whole thing with this apartment. I just don't want to see Carrie in this big giant apartment alone in white, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just like such a, I mean, you can even see with the lamp and with her hat, it's like she doesn't belong here. This isn't her place. No, no it made no sense. She actually decorated it, but right. it just, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Like, I don't know. And then the beeping. And I think maybe that's what they're trying to kind of say is like, this is not right. It's uncomfortable. She doesn't belong here, you know? Yeah. So maybe it was a successful plot line. <laughs> I know that's kind of what I'm like in my mind. I'm just kind of like, did they maybe they accomplished exactly what they were trying to accomplish with this episode. I don't, but it's like, I truly just didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Just like you said, I just like, didn't love it. Real life has these awkward transitions 
you know? Yeah. So maybe they're just kind of like, look, we're all in awkward transition. Like Charlotte's in awkward transition, trying to like see the light with her children and, you know, make that change and shift. And then Miranda, it's hard to tell, like she's still kind of maybe internally grappling. It's what it seems like with what happened and maybe not wanting to fully go there. And maybe it's hard to let go of her marriage, even though it's not been a happy marriage for a while. Yeah, It's probably hard to just let go of what you wanted for that, that hasn't happened, you know, and accept this whole different thing that, you know, she never really had any non-heterosexual experiences, right? In, in the series, like. That we know of. So, yeah although she thinks she might have had a threesome in college I watched that episode last <laughs> she was like I woke up in someone else's bra so maybe, maybe she has had some experiences that she doesn't quite remember from alcohol but you know and the whole thing you said about the alcohol too it's like okay there's this empty blank space she's quit the alcohol she's had this experience with Che and now we have no presence of Steve and it's just her internal dealing with it is what it seems like yeah and then of course carrie's plot line is the obvious kind of like where do i belong in the world what am i doing now i just think it even just the coldness of this apartment it just seemed so odd to me that she's trying so hard to make this particular like i don't know i just was like why are you trying so hard to make this work this huge open modern apartment it just see like why are you trying so hard (laughs) it's just not working well it's definitely going to be an expensive apartment and I'm like I know there's a variety of different places but maybe part of her is like this is what I should like this is the future you know what I mean right yeah I don't know it's it's a weird weird one this episode should be called like absolute awkwardness (laughs) (laughs) it's just too much awkwardness in one episode yes and so then we've got Anthony at the same time calling about the the plastic surgery appointment, which I think was kind of funny. And I'm again, glad to see her interacting by herself with Anthony. Yeah. I enjoyed Anthony popping up in this episode in the very beginning. And then here it was sort of a nice little detour from all the weirdness of the apartment. It was kind of fun to have Anthony pop in and like, again, with the plastic surgery, it just kind of felt a little bit like just ticking things off the boxes to me. Like we talked about cultural appropriation. Now let's go ahead and talk about women in the media and not letting women age. Like it just was such a like, bam, 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 just yeah. through the through the things. But it, Anthony's funny. I wonder if the show was always like that in its time, but because we caught it later on, we were like, oh, these are normal topics to see on a show. Because I, I remember people saying it was like a really shocking show. and But now I feel like even just maybe 10 years behind that, we were watching it and yeah. we're like, well, this isn't that shocking. Like it's, it's, there's some moments, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all those things got normalized, but when it first came out, maybe it did feel like, oh, they're talking about this topic and this hot topic and this hot topic. Yeah. I think I feel less that it's shocking though. And more that it's just like taking every single big thing anyone's talking about on Twitter or Reddit or whatever, and just being like, let's go through 
each thing that's causing people problems <laughs> yeah. and just like boom 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 yeah this is, um, is, is from and just like that we're exactly <laughs> showed up to exactly. our class <laughs> like they're putting out some sort of a workbook or something but you know it's I don't hate it but it just is kind of funny and yeah I'm just like noticing it it just seems very like structured to me like what other big hot topic can we bring up that people are having a hard time with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go revisit Miranda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See how she's handling this. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, do you have a lot to say about that scene, that plastic surgery scene? Not a whole ton. I love that actor that they made the plastic surgeon. I, I just like him anyway. I don't know if you watched his, um, Mindhunter. Oh, um, okay. I have it. I've seen very him good. Somewhere, though. Well, I he was I've the king him. in Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's where I've seen him. I, I love, love the him. king. Oh, yes. So Will pointed Thank it you. out immediately. Like I, I already was recognizing him and I was in the process of recognizing him. And then Will saw him and goes, oh, Hamilton. I'm like, ah, yes. Oh, um, I feel so satisfied. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't we figure are, out where I'd seen him. We are still not over Hamilton in this house. So I already was on board. And then if you haven't watched Mindhunter, it's very good. Very, very good. So I love him from that show too. So I already was like, oh, I love this guy. And I think he's really funny. And he's not funny in Mindhunter, by the way. If <laughs> like He's just a very good actor. So was, that was probably my only thing. I was like excited to see him there. And yeah, I thought overall it was pretty like predictably like, of course, we're going to say that Sarah Jessica needs work done because she's a woman and women always need a little bit of work done and all that sort of thing. So I did kind of wonder though, if that technology that he had, that huge computer thing, I was like, is that something we like have now? Like, do people actually have those? That was a little wild. Yeah. I wondered too, because I have not gone and gotten any plastic surgery consultations. Me neither. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was a little shooketh. I was like, what is that? That's kind of cool. Like, can we have that at the hair salon and like stand in a little portal and like have it? (laughs) If I just accurate. I was thinking if that's accurate, like if the actual results of the procedures are really going to do what it's showing you, that would give me so, I would be so open to plastic surgery. Right. Like show you know, me what the, the end result was going to be, like I want it, you know, yeah. like I could see myself, you know, getting to a point and being like, oh, like maybe I want to do a little something, you know? <laughs> and, and I think if I knew it would make me feel more safe if I knew exactly kind of what to expect than just being like taking the guy's word for it, going under the knife. I, I definitely thought Carrie was going to get plastic surgery for a hot minute there, you know? And when they did the little picture did you recognize? I think they just took the picture from one of the DVDs. Did they? Yeah. It looks just <laughs> like one of, I like, I can see like the front of the DVD and I think it's the one where she's sitting down. I don't know what season it is, but her hair is like pushed back and she's, you know, you can see a lot of her face. And when I saw it, I was like, that looks like the same picture from the DVD. <laughs> oh man. I'll have to look at it again. I'll yeah. see it again. I thought she was going to get it. I thought, you know, it was great the way they had him be kind of sensitive, but also like he was commenting on her appearance and 
telling her like, Hey, you know, kind of doing the lip service of, Hey, you don't need it, but here's what I think you should get if you did decide to do it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of an interesting, you could feel him walking on eggshells a little bit, you know, probably exactly like how they actually are in real life. I feel like, yeah. Cause they've got to do that job. They've got to sell you something. And, may, yeah. and, you know, on one hand, they are improving somebody's life. If it makes you feel better, why not? If you want to do it and you're concerned about something, it doesn't make you feel good and you feel better if it wasn't like that, go ahead. I don't have a problem with it. But like the problem I have with it is making people feel as if they need something. Yeah. You know, if they don't feel that they need something. Yeah, definitely. Even Sarah Jessica said in Vogue, she said it's like people don't want us to be okay with being ourselves or something along those lines yeah so they're definitely commenting on that so the next is Miranda's masturbating (laughs) (laughs) so that scene again we have the perfume ad Mm -hmm. and we have Miranda which I thought the way that they did it where it was like kind of they're trying to show like the romanticized like fantasy in her head and I think they cut to her and it's sort of just the sound from the fantasy going through her head or some sort of like music or something and then Brady knocks on the door and then it becomes reality and you hear like the buzz of the vibrator (laughs) (laughs) like it becomes so not at all romantic in any way and yeah just very like primal (laughs) yeah I loved this whole scene I thought it was super funny I also thought that was a very loud vibrator and I was like wondering yeah I was like wondering like can Brady hear that vibrator and like how does he not know what's going on right now and I just thought it was super funny and I thought it was really funny how she just kind of stayed with it and was like your math tutor and like I just yes. the whole scene yeah, was math tutor's morning. Yeah. <laughs> like the way she said it oh my gosh she's yes. such a good actress I just Cynthia Nixon just blows my mind like thinking about the range of what she's had to do already Mm-hmm. you know of like last episode where it was this really intense you know kind of argument with Carrie and and breaking down and this emotional moment and then she's got this comedic I mean this is clearly like a scene for comedy but yeah. this comedic scene of like masturbating <laughs> but then so seriously it reminded me of the one in the series where um where Brady's a baby and she has that guy that she slept with or she she didn't sleep with him she went on a date with him and then she was pregnant and she, he didn't know because she was so early pregnant mm-hmm. and then he was like gone on business trips and then he comes back I think for like Carrie's book party or something they go together yeah. and then she goes back she's like I have a kid and you know but I'm still allowed to have sex or something <laughs> And then they're kind of in the middle of things and the baby starts crying and he's getting distracted and she's like, mommy's coming. It's exactly what I thought of in this scene. It was exactly that. It was like such a throwback to that scene and it was super funny. Yeah. 
Brady's just always getting in the way. But but I don't know if that's the right term because it's like Miranda. I don't know. Anyway, Brady's interrupting things for her on the sexual bow front. But yeah, just the way she plays it is so funny. And she kind of had this intensity in her face. It just is killing me. I think that that has to be one of my favorite things about the show in general is just Miranda in these ridiculous situations. Oh, okay. So then we go from Miranda's situation. We go over to Naya and her husband and he's aggressively grabbing her boobs. (laughs) And I just like, that was the only thing I could notice was like, that looks incredibly painful. And maybe because I have small boobs, like when you (laughs) really grab them like that, like, oh my God, I just like my, my boobs hurt just watching it. That's so funny. (laughs) So I feel like we do not need to get super deep into this, but just because you said that I have had a completely flat chest and I've also had boobs. It's a weird thing, but just having children and then not having children and being naturally flat chested, but then gaining some weight. So like I, my boobs fluctuate and I will say that that is, (laughs) I wonder if other flat chested people feel this way because when you have a smaller chest, if someone goes to try to grab a handful of boob, they're grabbing a lot of like skin and like things that don't feel good. So it's, a, yeah, it's more painful. But like, if you have boob, it do, it's not painful. Yeah. So you can probably rest easy knowing that her boobs were okay. <laughs> she was not abusing her boobs. Yeah, I just... yeah. It's a different experience for people with flatter chests. It really is. I have never had a boob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not like, not a boob. <laughs> I've always had hips and a butt, but I've never had like enough volume up here. To I don't really even have a handful. <laughs> I mean, I just, ooh, it hurts if you grab yeah. two. Yeah, well, it's so funny because you said that and I realized I'm like, oh yeah, that's so true. Because if, yeah. if I'm like in a flatter chest time of life, it's like, don't be just grabbing yeah. And all the things, because it's like akin to like just grabbing the skin along your ribs or something where right? it doesn't feel good to, yeah to do that. Don't do that. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> mind if, if my butt gets grabbed. I mean, let's not, let's be very clear. I don't mind if my husband grabs my butt, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I do have a problem Important. with random strangers. <laughs> but like, it doesn't hurt. It's like, oh, cool. We're getting frisky. Exactly. <laughs> I could not be more awkward about how I went about that. Uh, Anyway, so, I mean, I guess the purpose of that little scene was just to say that she had been worried and then she kind of like spits out that she doesn't really want to do the thing Mm -hmm. with the IVF and she just wants to kind of see what happens and she's worried about his response and he's like, don't worry. Oh my God. I loved this. He was so sweet and so supportive it was like it was actually the best I just I loved their dynamic and I just thought yes so here for healthy conversations and healthy relationships I loved it yeah so beautiful and it's really helpful for me now to know about the boob thing because I really still could not you're like like I could feel it how it feels (laughs) when somebody grabs too hard and it's just like how could he go from being so aggressive and like like abusing her breasts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to this like sweet moment like you 
you are fake. <laughs> I was judging him for his boob grabbing. Because <laughs> nobody could possibly have any experience other than mine in that case. Oh, gracious. You're well, you know. My experience of aggressive boob grabbing. And literally my note says, Naya and husband, aggressive boob grab. <laughs> hilarious that's all I saw that's so anyway hilarious. that is it is nice for her that she has a supportive husband and also enough boob to where that grab was not painful now what we're kind of coming to is the news getting dropped on Charlotte mm. yeah the picnic scene when this scene starts I'm thinking like finally finally we're addressing what we kind of left off on like we've gone through this whole episode and now we're finally getting some answers of what the heck's been going on. I'm expecting like, again, I'm expecting Miranda to say that they've been having an affair or that she's leaving Steve or like something. And I feel like the whole thing got brought up because they are being very supportive and drinking non-alcoholic something. I wasn't sure what it was, but just something bubbly and non-alcoholic. Again, just kind of being light about it. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're just breezing by that, you know? Miranda admits that she's been like ferociously masturbating to someone and Charlotte's upset about it. <laughs> and Carrie doesn't look too happy about it either. But I did really love that before the news got dropped that Charlotte had kind of had a dream about Che. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> that whole, okay. so Like, like that's real life. Like that's oh. who doesn't have like random sex dreams about somebody and then wake up and be like, oh. <laughs> well, and because it was Charlotte and everyone's reaction was so surprised. It was hilarious. And the way she just was like, of course, like, haven't we all? It was so good. I actually, so out of this whole scene, I felt a little, I had certain feelings about certain things. I'm curious to see what you thought. But overall, I loved Charlotte in this scene. Yeah. I loved her. I thought she was super funny. I loved that whole thing about dreaming about Che. I loved it when <laughs> they use Che's pronouns and she's like, there's more of them. Yeah. <laughs> and she's having non-binary sex. <laughs> but I think my overall um, feeling was that they focused so much on, oh my God, are you gay or not? Or is it this or that? And not on the fact that this all was kind of like a cry for help and Miranda's unhappy. Like, that's where I was kind of like, are we not going to address the fact that Miranda is unhappy, you know? And I just felt like as a friend and someone who has been a friend for like so long, why are they not focusing on that? So that was kind of my personal, like, just kind of like, Hey, like to me, that's the big elephant in the room. Well, in case anybody's wondering, I don't know how you could be wondering at this point, but Here's why one of the reasons we've had such a long, amazing friendship is <laughs> Jasmine is so good at getting to the heart of things. And I just feel like that's exactly what it is, is, is the fact that you're not just judging when something happens. Like I know many times in my life, something has happened that's maybe not perfectly kosher or maybe not like from the outside perspective, a lot of people would judge it. And you're just like, wow, that, like, I remember you telling me, wow, that happened like in one instance <laughs> and then being like, but what is the real deal here? Like, what is it actually underneath? And I think it's your depth that, you know, I crave that in other relationships. And I don't know that I've ever met anyone else that it's so easy for them to just go straight to the heart of something 
And then for me to like be so open and receptive to the other person as well. Like, I don't feel like I get defensive with you when you're talking to me about things the way I would with other people. And so bringing it back to Miranda, I would love for them to go there with her more. Like you're right. They've had such a long friendship and maybe they're leading there, but I I don't know that they really went there in this conversation. They more just kind of had the conflict. I did like the part where Carrie, so Miranda gets up and and I thought it was kind of a weird thing to get up at, but she got up because I think Charlotte said, you're not progressive enough for this. (laughs) And I was like, that's such a political type statement. And I'm like, I'm so offended that like, you don't think I'm progressive enough. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't, it didn't strike me as like extremely offensive thing to say to somebody, but maybe that's yeah. just me, but that's when she got up and then she's kind of storming away. And Carrie is trying to sort of finally put out whatever's going on and calm down this argument, I guess, mediate. And she, she looks at Charlotte and says, you're not helping. And then she goes to Miranda and says, we already lost Samantha. We can't lose you. Something along those lines. Like you can disagree, but you can't walk away. And obviously like she can physically walk away. But I think what she's saying is like, we don't want to lose you as a friend is like the subtext of that. So let's like work this through as friends or something. And I did like that yeah. moment. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought of it that way that like what you were saying before like just getting to the heart of things I think I get kind of like I don't understand when people don't live that way so like it's confusing to me I'm like why (laughs) like clearly there's something else going on here and I just think like Charlotte's statement was kind of random like you're not progress I'm like progressive enough for what like what is happening (laughs) it's an insult Um, in New York apparently yeah (laughs) It was just kind of funny. And then I appreciated like the whole thing of it. I kind of was confused too by Carrie's reaction of just kind of like, yeah, I've just sort of brushed this under the rug and her face just sort of said it all of like, she just wasn't happy with the whole situation, but I couldn't really figure out like unhappy with what exactly, like, are we judging her for having an affair? Are we judging her for having some sort of a midlife crisis? Like clearly she's already like dealing with her alcohol issue so it's just kind of like why the unhappy face why the grumpiness why why are we not supporting her more I don't know I think overall I just had so many feelings about this because I just thought Miranda's been such a good friend to everyone and especially to Carrie so what exactly is going on here I was a little disappointed and then I thought they were kind of being mean to Miranda I was feeling really bad for her So when she got up and left, I was thinking like, as you should, like, yes, you should totally get up and leave. And of course, I don't think she'd get up and leave out of their lives entirely, but like they were being super rude. (laughs) I just thought it was so mean. They definitely weren't on in a place of understanding what's going on with her. And maybe they just, they haven't dug down enough into it. Maybe this is just the initial thing to like bring it out into the light. But yeah, I mean, I think Carrie even said like she didn't understand or she's still trying to figure it out or still trying to understand what's going on. So maybe they're kind of stuck in that like outward judgment of just like, well, this isn't how I would do it or not understanding like how Miranda's feeling in her marriage even because both of them, from what it sounds like and before Big died, they had a good marriage, finally a good relationship. (laughs) 
and you know harry and charlotte are just perfect and adorable so maybe they're yeah. just not understanding what it's like to be long-term in something that's like been maybe dwindling or blah for a long time i thought too i just remembered that i remember when it happened i just was like what when um carrie mentions like well big died like big died and i think that at the end of the whole conversation i kind of saw where she was going with like samantha leaving and big dying she kind of was being like hey let's not sweat this small stuff but when she brought it up initially it was like way to turn it back around and put all the limelight on you carrie (laughs) you're talking about when she said like big died was the big thing or something yeah and i just kind of felt like yes someone that you loved died but like that doesn't mean that Miranda's problems are like small potatoes you know like she is also going through something and it's allowed to take up space in the world and it's allowed to have oxygen and like she needs some love and some support right now so when she first said that I was kind of like what (laughs) like you can't just be like well your stuff is bullshit because my husband died (laughs) That is that just it did not mind. sit great with me. It did but not I'm sit glad great you with said me. That. that that is a pet peeve of mine. When you're having a moment and like everybody, I think you've told me this in the past, and this is where I got this from, but I say it now all the time. <laughs> and it's like when you're having your thing happen, it's so big to you. Like you're yeah. having this thing that feels like your world is falling apart. And, you know, somebody else may have lost a limb or be going through cancer or, and like to compare is kind of, it doesn't make sense. It's kind of like futile, you know, like that, that is a big deal to them, but like, it's not happening to you. So this is your experience Mm -hmm. and it's just as big and it doesn't matter. Like where judging it on some sort of weird scale doesn't really matter. You're still struggling. Yeah. And to like shut someone down because you think that your problem is worse. It just, I, I, yeah, I wasn't, I was not, I wasn't excited about it because I already was anticipating this moment and to have some closure and like some clarification on what's going on with Miranda. And then for this whole scene to kind of unfold as it did, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm left with more questions than actual answers. Uh, I get that it's just a TV show. So like, you know, it's it's all fine but I just was kind of like man like I just kind of felt like not super excited I I just loved the kind of comedic like stuff with Charlotte but overall I was like okay so we're definitely not talking about how Miranda's super unhappy <laughs> like yeah. all right yeah and hopefully this is one of those things that we're kind of stretching out into like the point where they get to that I'm hoping me too. Because, you know, Julio and I had a discussion about it after we watched it. And I was kind of saying the same things we said at the beginning of this podcast. We're like, I'm a little disappointed. We're not dealing with the Miranda stuff. Where's Steve? Like what's going on with this, whatever. And we were kind of discussing and he was like, well, you know, somehow in conversation, it came up like how TV is just so much different now because people are streaming and Mm. things are going deeper into like the reality and it's not as much like what we're used to back in the day even when sex in the city was on which isn't that long ago it was kind of like everything is happening within one 20 minute episode and you sort of get it all wrapped up within that time and then the next one's like a fresh start this feels like an extended like movie series or something like 
yeah something where you're kind of going through all the nuances of like life with them and so maybe there's going to be another kind of breakthrough conversation where they're like hey this is like the heart of the thing and first we judged you because that was a human thing to do but now we're understanding yeah i hope so i'm really curious they laid out so many things and was just kind of like here's all these storylines and i'm like how are you going to wrap all of these up now? Like I need, I need answers. (laughs) And then we have Diwali. I feel like it's just so much more simple. It just looked like a really crowded party in someone's apartment, which I suppose is probably pretty real right now, especially maybe during Panini times, um, just having everybody at home and having a little party. And I mean, maybe it's good that they didn't do like this big blowout thing, you know? I love that yeah. you the panini. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a habit now. I forget to correct myself. Panini meaning pandemic. Um, <laughs> Joel laughs at me too. Cause like, it just, that's like the first word that comes out and Will hears me like saying that in public. And he's like, people don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, in context. <laughs> You know, this panini, huh? Like the panini that we're all in and people are like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me laugh. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. This this whole scene was a little weird for me. I definitely was expecting it leading up to a party of some sort. And instead it kind of ended up being all about Seema and um, her parents. And it just, you didn't get to see anybody's amazing outfits and you didn't get to really like do anything except for learn that Seema has an imaginary boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I guess that was the point as far as like, from the writing standpoint, they just were trying to give you more information about Seema. I don't know what we're, where we're going to go from Seema's imaginary boyfriend, but maybe it was just a way to explore like different aspects of what it could be like to be dealing with those expectations from family. And what I didn't realize until I went on social media afterwards was that the, the guy that plays Seema's dad is the same guy who played the bus boy that Samantha kissed when she got up for dinner. (laughs) I I saw that on social media too. And I was kind of like trying to, I'm like, are we like, is this were we supposed to make that connection? I was like doing the timelines in my head. I'm like, so how old would he have been back then? I was like thinking about it a little too much. And Is I was like, okay, to be the same I'm going to like let yeah. it go. Are we supposed to not notice? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were like subtly trying to redeem that kind of slightly racist thing that happened, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it, essentially in that episode, it's like, oh, she kissed the Pakistani bus boy. And then he asks for her to like, come home. He's like, oh, you could come home with me and you wouldn't be alone. And she's like, no. And like the way they play it is like, she couldn't respect herself if she went home with him, but she could kiss him in in a random like public restroom hallway. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It was just kind of like, wait, why couldn't you respect yourself? Because he's Pakistani. Like, I don't know. It was, it was, there's many problems in the original series in that vein. And I wonder if it was kind of like an inside thing of like, we're going to redeem this actor and this character by giving him a more like respectable role or something. I don't know. Or maybe it was like as simple as we need an actor to be the dad and they already had his number and they were like, Hey man, can you just like come down and shoot this And we like him and we know he's easy (laughs) to work with. 
you know they were just like got out the old rolodex and they were like we just need you for for this random scene there's only so many middle eastern dads in hollywood (laughs) exactly (laughs) i don't know anyway i did not see it and when i saw that on instagram it made me laugh really hard and i was like well we did that (laughs) (laughs) carrie and seema have their discussion in the car about it seems like it's just easier this way and she does julio thought it was funny that she said she made him white so that her parents wouldn't be disappointed when they broke up (laughs) (laughs) he was like that's genius he was laughing (laughs) oh she does tell seema she doesn't like the apartment I guess that's a yeah. big part in that in that moment. So she says, well, then we'll sell it. And then we kind of end on Carrie unpacking her apartment, her old apartment. Yeah. And it kind of looks like she sort of moved through some sort of layer of grief. Like she's looking at big suits and I, I felt like in the end, I was like, okay, this is kind of a sweet shot. Like she sort of accepted that she's moving on. And then I understood what Will was saying about her like coming into the light. I think overall I had feelings about this episode because of where it landed, like in this whole little series and what I was expecting. But when you get to the very last scene, I mean, I, I kind of get the message there. It's like, okay, I see what I'm, I'm picking up what you guys are putting down. Here we are. Yeah, it was sweet. And then there's also kind of a little montage, I guess, with, each of them, there's Carrie looking at the records and it looks like she's been unpacking the records. She has the moment with the suit. She's sort of moving forward in her own way through the grief and through everything, like you said. But then we also have Charlotte and her children. I was going to say her girls, (laughs) her (laughs) children, you know, where Charlotte's taking down the dolls and Rock is covering their name with the poster you know, so it, it implies that Charlotte has kind of moved forward in that way with her children. And then Miranda is doing laundry. Still no Steve. We don't know where Steve is. <laughs> Steve's just, you know, sitting in the other room watching Netflix like, hey, she probably tried to tell him and he couldn't hear. <laughs> she probably tried to tell him so many times and he just didn't hear her. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not very nice to say. But I don't know. Poor Steve is just, you know, lost in the cosmos somewhere. We don't know what's going on with Steve. But Miranda's dealing with her own internal stuff. And she decides to finally DM Che, which also I didn't say this in last episode, but when everything is said and done between Che and Miranda, and then Che's last thing that they say before they leave is, DM me if you want to chill. <laughs> so cheesy. I was like, no. Yeah. I no. don't think I could be attracted to someone who says DM me. <laughs> yeah. Like in a I serious was, way. I was, yeah. I I am dying to see this is what I wanted to dig into in this episode. So I'm curious to see what happens next episode because I, I'm on the fence. I'm like, do I like Che or not? You know, like, do I even like this person or not? Because for them to so casually cross so many boundaries and so many lines, bringing Carrie alcohol right after surgery, doing this with her friend in the kitchen, and then immediately leaving afterward, (laughs) like immediately leaving, not even dropping a phone number or like saying anything nice. I just was like, okay, 
who is this person? Am I on their side? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I think I've wanted to like them because I'm excited about having kind of a major role for a Mm -hmm. non-binary person, you know, and I want to be like, Hey, like, this is a cool character. I'm on board with this character. Obviously nobody's perfect, but those are a lot of like unlikable things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I'm feeling, I'm leaning toward the, yeah. I mean, you have to imagine that Carrie's been doing the podcast for, for three months. Right. So like, is that just really awkward? Are they just kind of like skirting around See? it? And, just and this is the, the stuff I needed. This like, is the stuff I are needed. Are we actually discussing it? Like, is, <laughs> is Che asking about Miranda? Right. And right. Carrie's in the middle? Like, what what is going on here? <laughs> what is going on? And I feel like the, the kind and like appropriate thing would have been for them to reach out to Miranda because they're the one that kind of crossed this boundary. They're not the one that's married. They're not the one that is having some sort of a breakdown in their life. And I just, and I get it. Not everybody's, you know, thinks of these things, but it's just like you crossed a line and the kind thing would have been to reach out and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, how was that for you? Or should we never talk about that again? <laughs> or, you know, just kind of like, yeah. Are you okay? I don't know. Upset? Something, just no. something. And, and what we see is that there has been actual silence, nothing at all. And I'm just really not sure about this person and their character. Flaws. Why aren't they concerned about Miranda's, like how this could blow up her life? Right. Clearly there was some sort of attraction like, are they not going to acknowledge that attraction at all and just pretend like it's nothing at all and they really are this much of like a hoe? <laughs> well, are they one of those people that it's just like only exciting until they get what they want? And then now that they've exactly. had that interaction, that thrill, it's like- They're, they're like done. Interested. Right. What's going on with you? What is going on? <laughs> I need more. So that's- no. This is why there's so many questions. This this whole episode, I'm like, I don't care about this big apartment. Like, I just was like, what? Like, Carrie is happy in her little home. Keep her there. I need more of this other stuff. Like, I don't really care about this apartment that she's gonna like go buy and then sell again. And like this whole thing, I just was kind of like, okay, I get it. Carrie's on a journey, but I'm invested in other things. (laughs) Like, you've brought me into these other stories. Please give me more. I am confused. (laughs) I mean, I think Miranda has been a favorite of mine for a long time. And I think I just, I just want more focus on Miranda, right? (laughs) To me, they made her more interesting. Yeah. Like just too much airtime on the empty white apartment and the beeping and the hat. Yeah. I'm okay without the hat and the apartment. I just, I want to see, like, I want to see the real stuff. (laughs) <laughs> right. I, I love like character development. I love watching characters grow. I love the story. And I did feel like, yeah, I just, I was kind of like not super excited about just sort of running around in circles. I mean, she literally just did like this full circle. And again, like I said, like by the time you get to the end and like my husband said, I was like, I kind of get it. But at the same time, I just didn't really need it. They gave me a story I didn't really need. Let's see. Do you have a favorite moment? I had a few Anthony moments in this one that I appreciated. I thought that the the surgeon was kind of funny, just him staring. Maybe I think I'm going to choose that as a favorite (laughs) moment because we didn't actually talk about that. 
but just him staring at their faces I thought was funny. Yeah, he was he was good. He was funny. Actually, you know what? I'm going to choose as cheesy as it might be for some people. I loved the whole cultural appreciation moment. I really did. It was like a relief to me to have somebody from a culture that I admire say like, it's okay for you to participate in this. This is how you can do it. I wish they would have actually shown her participating more than just an outfit (laughs) and two minutes, but that conversation I liked. I think that's probably, probably my favorite or Miranda masturbating. You know, deep, deep stuff that has to do with like, you know, cultural sensitivity or Miranda masturbating to essentially a perfume commercial while her son is talking to her through the door. <laughs> like the funniest thing I could ever imagine. Let's do outfits. Okay. I wanted to like Carrie's Diwali outfit. I was excited to see what she chose. And to be honest, I, it was beautiful, but I was a little bummed that it wasn't more colorful. When I think of saris, I always think of color and it was a little muted. And so I was kind of like, oh, that's pretty. But I just was expecting like color. You'll have to go first. I will say in general, I think they were really pushing the autumn. I think we saw a lot of plaid. We saw a lot of rust brown mustard, black and white. (laughs) Yes. And for me, those are not my favorite colors to wear. I think for other skin tones, like you're wearing kind of a mustard right now. I'm literally wearing mustard right now. Yeah. I think you look good in it though. I think like your skin tone and your, your hair color, if I wear mustard, I don't feel like I look good. Like I don't like it on me. I like very clear and bright colors. I'm more of like a spring summer. (laughs) So yeah, I, I was kind of like waiting for something more because usually my favorite outfit is something that I would wear. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see a lot of things that I would wear. I mean, same. That's why I keep picking loungewear. <laughs> yeah. And actually the thing, the one thing I starred was that sweater when she says that it's not healthy and she's hanging out in her apartment. Mm-hmm. It looks like it says like smiles all over it or smile or something. It's like white and it has yeah. purple letters. And then she has that really colorful, like knitted Afghan. And I just liked the color in the scene. And I liked, I felt like I would wear that sweater. I kind of liked Miranda's plaid on plaid when they were, when she got up and walked away, when they were having their picnic, it was all black and white, but I liked the kind of style on her, like the way that it was styled. Yeah. I continue to like how Miranda's clothes fit her throughout everything every outfit she wears I like how it fits her body yeah I think the the one that just keeps coming back on my head I'm like it's so dumb but it's true I did like the when Carrie is in the apartment with the big hat just because it was so kind of silly like she's just (laughs) there by herself wearing this giant hat for no reason and um it kind of made me laugh and the the thing that she was wearing was really pretty so I was like oh it's like a really pretty I don't know if I'd call it a dress because to me it kind of looked like a slip or something but um yeah. Yeah. I was like, I just kind of giggled when she came into scene and I was like, Oh, cute. That slip dress. It was kind of nude with a little bit of lace here. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's a reuse outfit. I think it of the naked me. dress. No, it's, um, it oh. reminds me of the one, the episode where this is just, I will continually show my obsession with the show as we continue on uh, <laughs> the very details of the outfits and everything. 
it reminds me of the little nighty that she's wearing when she stays over at Biggs and then he rolls over and knocks her off the bed and she punches him in the face and she shows up with the like ice. (laughs) It looks kind of like the same top and she's wearing the Playboy bunny necklace in that episode too. Yeah, you'd have to do some digging. I'll have to, I'm re-watching kind of the old seasons now, like as we go through this too. So when I get to that one, I'll have to see if it actually is the same, but it reminded me a lot of that little slip dress. And immediately when I saw her in it, just like this part of it, I was like thinking of that scene where she's holding the ice (laughs) and she's like, violence is not never the answer. But yeah, I think I was just disappointed in the lack of color (laughs) quotes. I have, I only wrote down a few. If I have to convince myself to love someone, then I don't want them, Seema. Oh yeah. Oh, damn. (laughs) Oh, why can't this be real wine, Carrie? (laughs) When they're having their conversation. Oh yeah. It's right around the time that that Charlotte says something about having non-binary sex. She's like, why can't this be real wine? (laughs) And then you can disagree, but you can't leave, Carrie. Any predictions for where we go from here? Not really predictions, but just hopes. I just, there there are so many different storylines happening and only so many episodes left. And I just, I hope that we go a little bit more on Miranda's story because I want to know what the heck is going on there. So that's like, I'm just crossing my fingers for that. And then just curious about the rest. I mean, they're, we're all over. We're, we've got IBF going on. We've got Sima who's trying to find a boyfriend apparently. Like we've, we've got a lot going on. So I'd like to know what, what Chase deal is. I'd like to know if, if Chase just interested in hookups and that's it. And if we're going to get a moment where it's like Miranda's really into Che, but Che's not into Miranda the same way. I think we could have that coming. I I just feel like I would be surprised if Che's like, I'm in love with you. you And it becomes like a full-fledged relationship just based on their behavior up until now. I feel like I would want more for Miranda anyway. Sure. Like be with whoever you want to be with, but they need to at least be on her level. Well, I guess that's it for this one. Yeah, I think so. I am so glad that you guys are here listening and whether you've come later on in the future, or if you're kind of watching along with us, we're just happy to have you. If you'd like to contact us, it's will you be my friend show at gmail.com. If you want to make comments, questions, suggestions, we'd love to interact with you. Anybody who is out there listening on the interwebs or on Spotify. We're available on YouTube at Will You Be My Friend. We're available on Spotify at Will You Be My Friend. You want to put that in quotes or follow the link in the description. And we're on Instagram on Will You Be My Friend show. I'm Kylie Gail Garcia, and you can find me at vegan.coach.kylie or vegancoachkylie.com. You can go to jasminerosedoula.com or potentially find me on social media at jasmine.rose.doula, but I won't be there for a little while. Enjoy what's there from the past. From the past. Taking <laughs> <laughs> a little detox. So oh, yeah, yeah. For, for all of us over here. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you uh, next week with 